Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbury is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbrey. Well, welcome to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. I thank you for joining me today, even though we are a day late. Thank you for taking the time to tune in and listen to what I have to say. I really hope that you're willing to join the conversation. I hope that you're willing to give the show a call at 765-546-9796 and would be willing to give your stories, would be willing to give examples of how you or your life or your families' lives have been affected by your local community, positive or negative. Give us examples of good things that have happened in the community, bad things that have happened in the community, or what you are currently or have in the past went through in order to live your best life possible in your hometown. This is the show that we look at all things government on a local level, not just in my community, not just in Muncie, but all over Indiana, and hopefully we're telling stories and having discussions that can help you if you live in Florida or Kentucky or Wisconsin, and if you're a citizen that lives in the United States of America... The goal here is to help educate you on the importance of acting as an informed citizen within your local government. Yes, it's fun to get online and to argue with everyone about what's going on in D.C., talking about Donald Trump and Ocasio-Cortez and Nancy Pelosi, and that stuff's wonderful and it's important to have opinions on that, and be informed. But one of my goals is to better government, specifically local government, better government through citizen involvement. And if folks would realize that taking just a little bit of the time that they have in a day, in a week, in a month, and investing that towards interacting with their local officials, that life in your individual communities would be better. So you can be involved, be part of the discussion, and talk with the listeners out there by contacting the show at 765-546-9796, by emailing the show at khbilbury at gmail.com, 
You can find us on Facebook at Christopher H. Bilbrey. And as always, you're hearing this on all of your favorite hosting sites, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, but it's under one roof at perception.fireside.fm. Again, that is perception.fireside.fm. And I'll always post the link on Facebook for folks to watch for and to be able to listen. If you go to perception.fireside.fm or any of the other hosting sites and you subscribe, you'll always be notified when there's new material. Like, for instance, today, we're technically running a day behind, but that's the beauty with podcasts. Podcasts aren't live. They're not radio shows that you have to be in the car at a certain time or buy a radio at a certain time. You can listen to these any day any time, any hour, and that's what's fantastic about podcast. So, please help us here at Perception is Reality by sharing the links, by sharing the perception.fireside.fm, and sharing the individual episode links so more people will become aware of the show and have the ability to listen and like and subscribe. Do that with us and help us spread the message. You can also help us by visiting our Patreon site, www.patreon.com backslash P-I-S-R. That's patreon.com backslash P-I-S-R. So you'll always be able to go there and uh, help contribute to the show if you so feel inclined. That's giving a dollar one time giving $15 one time, signing up to donate a dollar a month, or however you see fit. That's the beauty of Patreon, and we would be so very thankful for that. Uh, Again, the show, this episode, episode 005, we're calling Nice Leader, is one day late. We generally post new material on Tuesdays and Saturdays. However, Due to the fact that I was needing to chase down some leads and look for some loose ends on some information for some upcoming shows, I needed to postpone last night's show. We're doing it a day late. It's still the same material, and that's the beauty of podcasts. But more importantly, it's the desire to bring you proper, factual information, and it's my desire to bring you an educational entertaining and factual show and that's what's going to drive this the entire time so thank you for joining us get ready after the break to take part in a discussion where we talk about leadership and human nature to be nice or not nice and how that drives local elected officials within the community and what we need to look for in leaders so thank you for joining us today we'll be right back with you and we're looking forward to the show today Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. All right. Well, so leadership. Let's talk a little bit about leadership. So 
As I've said multiple times, I've been involved with politics. I've been involved with the political process in the local community sense since I've been about six years old. And one thing that I can notice that's been a change in those 30 years, you know, I obviously wasn't as in tuned to what's going on when I was nine as I was in tune when I was 29, or I wasn't as in tune with what was going on when I was 13 as I am now today. But I do know the difference in character, the difference in quality of person in various roles from the time that I was a little kid to now, because it doesn't matter if you're six or if you're 66, you're generally able to tell if somebody is a good person. You you know, you get that gut feeling and you're able to decide, okay, this person is really a good person. He's nice. She's nice. She's somebody that I should probably keep my distance from. Or this person's somebody that would help a person with a flat tire. You know, you're able to get that understanding of a person's personality, their character, really quickly. You know, a lot of people are somewhere in the middle. You know, you can tell they're moody or sometimes they're, you know, they're happy. You know, it's easy to pick up on that. And there are some people who are better at it than others, and I completely understand that. There are some people that, you know, just maybe fly right there where they don't really know what's going on, and that's okay. But there are a good amount of people that are able to tell or read or pick up on somebody's personality pretty quickly. And I've always been one of those people, but I don't think that I'm exceptional because of that. Because I really think that most people are able to tell pretty quickly if somebody's genuine or not, you know, and, 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 or, man, this person's really just kind of an asshole, you know. That's something that doesn't take a doctorate degree in psychology to figure out, you know. So, as you know, if you've been paying attention to the show and have you been listening or listening to the other version of this show on Facebook Live, growing up, I grew up in the Muncie City, Delaware County political scene, running around with local Republicans and local Democrats and officials, the elected officials, the people that you would consider people who won people that were considered leaders in the communities, you know, the mayor, commissioners of the county, the city and county council, and on down the line. And it was pretty easy to divide these people into groups. Who were the good guys? Who were the bad guys? But beyond good guy and bad guy, who was good leader and who was a bad leader? Who was a good elected official and who was a bad elected official? And then there were people behind the scenes that I called non-practicing politicians, people who were very in tune politically, people that helped run campaigns for others, people that were very active behind the scenes and very involved with getting folks elected, but never ran campaigns for themselves or had ran campaigns for themselves, you know, 20 years before, but now they were helping the newer generation, and this would have been back in the, you know, late 80s and 90s and and so on. And even those people, you could 
divide up into those categories of who were good, effective people and who were the not as effective or not good people. And it was easy to see, and it should be easy to see for people now. You know, I know a lot of times people have hidden motives or agendas, but personality-wise, it's easy to see somebody who is a good leader, an effective speaker, somebody who's in it for the right reasons versus somebody that's not. So you've got these two categories. But then beyond that, you have to look at this person who, say, is mayor or a commissioner. You have to look at them as a person, too, because politics is not real life. There is life beyond politics, and we all need to understand that. This, to me, is one of the most important things facing citizens who want to be involved in their communities who might just be getting into it. This is something that you should really pay attention to. I know this seems like a blah topic because we're not talking about any kind of crazy scandal or anything, but this is important because this gets a lot of people and it affects a lot of people because they might be blindsided by somebody's character after a period of time and I'm trying to avoid that. So you can have a leader who is effective, who's good in their position, who understands their role, who understands the role of those around them and also in their private lives, tithes at church on Sundays and talks to the neighbors and is active in the community, not because they feel like they have to due to their position, but because that's what they are. I'm going to give it to you like this. If you've been listening and watching the old form for some time, you're aware of the fact that I am a former police officer. And I always say, you know, when you hear about these ungodly acts of violence, these shootings, mass shootings, and all of this going on at schools or other locations, that I am the type of person that if I was at a location and I heard somebody shooting, that I would run to the situation to attempt to stop what was happening whether I had a gun or not. Now, that seems crazy, and I've heard people say, well, that's insane, but that is just who I am. That's built into me, and I used to say, after I left the police department for some time, I used to say that the reason I had done that was because I had been a police officer and because of the level of training that I had had when I was in law enforcement. But now as I'm a little bit older and a little bit more removed from my time in law enforcement, I say, no, that's not exactly correct. I say that and I feel that way and I feel drawn to, to act in those ways because that's who I am. And I was a law enforcement officer because of those traits. So... Relating this back to this scenario, I'm going to use a real-life example. Dan Reidenauer. Dan Reidenauer is currently 
at the recording of this episode, which is in May of 2019, he is currently an elected city councilman for the city of Muncie. He's only been in that position for one term, and I believe that he is a good and effective elected official. I believe that he is a good leader in the city and is a good community member and role model. Now, he also attends church, and he also goes to community neighborhood associations, and he also takes part in local community activities. Now, does he take part in all of those communities because he's the city councilor or because he's currently running for mayor? The answer is no. He's always done that. He's always been involved in the community. He's always been a good, God-fearing churchgoer. He's always been somebody that's worked in his community to better the community. And there came a point where he started attending city council meetings and he started not liking what he was hearing and he ran for office. Now, when he decided to run for office, he had never ran for office before. That's the thing. People always talk about someone that's a hardened politician. Well, even the hardened, politically-minded people always had a starting point. And Mr. Reidenauer, Councillor Reidenauer, Candidate Reidenauer, hopefully one of these days Mayor Reidenauer, was attending these meetings and hearing and seeing things that he did not like and did not approve of. And so he started getting informed. He started getting active. He didn't just show up at his first council meeting and start speaking. He showed up and he listened and, and he started getting involved and started getting the feeling of what was happening. And then he started getting active and he started becoming more involved and started reaching out to fellow strangers in the community, fellow community members, citizens. And he decided to run and he actually ran for office and he got beat. And that's part of the process. You know, there are people who run and win first time just like that, and that happens, and that's great. But a lot of times in politics, you have to have that good first loss to prepare you for your real good first win. And he ran, and he lost. Now, what did he do? Did he have a breakdown, and did he get all pissed off, and did he feel like, you know, he was let down by the community? Or did he stick with it? Did he keep engaging? Did he continue going to council meetings? Yeah, that's what he did. He didn't, he didn't just walk away from it because that's not his personality. So I'm willing to bet had Dan not worked in the banking industry, had he had some kind of a job where he would have made bunches and bunches and bunches and bunches of money, and not been driven to a life in politics, he still would have been a decent, caring, community-driven individual because that's just who he is. Now, that makes him also a good, effective leader, okay? He's good at what he does. He's good at interacting with folks. He's good at letting you see that he truly cares about what you're saying, and if it's within his power, he's trying to help you. Now, I'm not just singling him out, and I'm not 
trying to knock anyone else. I'm just talking about him because, you know, I, I know of him and, and uh, I he's just he fits that first category really, really well. And I feel like he's pretty well known, so people will get the understanding of what I'm trying to get at here. Okay. Now, there are also elected officials who are good leaders, good community-oriented folks that are not that pleasant behind the scenes. They might be a little gruff. They might have a little bit of bite, but... They're focused on the mission, and it seems like there's not necessarily time for all the pleasantries, and they just need to get to work and get get at it. And sometimes good leaders are that way. Being a little rough around the edges does not mean that you are not a good leader or you're not a good official. It just means you look at the world a different way. There are also horrible leaders, horrible elected officials who are nice. You know, I'm going to again talk directly about an individual here. And, of course, this is all my opinion. Maybe you think that Dan Ridenour is a horrible person. (laughs) I don't know where you stand with these examples I'm giving. I'm just giving these examples from my personal experience. I feel like, as an example to the nice person, horrible official, is one that's closer to my home community now in Winchester. I'm going to talk about a city councilor, Mo Lennington. Mo Lennington is a wonderful, nice, caring human being. He is loved in the community. He's somebody that Everyone in the community knows, specifically everybody in his district, but everybody in Winchester knows him. He's somebody that people turn to for help. He's somebody that folks know that he will give a helping hand. He's a nice person. I'll tell you, he reminds me of my grandpa. But if you look at his time on council, and his time on council is coming to an end. He's been on council two or three terms. I'm not exactly sure. I know he's been on council two terms. I know he's on council this four-year stretch, and I know he was on council the last four-year stretch. So I know there's at least eight years. I don't know if he was on beforehand or not. I don't think that he was. I think that he's been a counselor for two terms. So he's been there a while, and he recently ran for mayor, So he couldn't run for re-election of a seat. And he lost his bid for mayor in the primary. So that means at the end of this term, in just five or six months in December, he will be walking away from the council. And that's sad for him. It's sad for his close friends and family. And I understand that. And I'm not trying to dog this man, believe me. I believe that he is a wonderful human being, very well liked in the community, but the record speaks for itself. If you look at the last four years that he's been in office, it will clearly show you that he has not been an effective 
city council member. Now, does that mean he's not a nice person? It does not. Does that mean that he is a bad guy? It does not. And that's what we're focusing on today. And here's why I say that. I say that because even though he's a wonderful human being, would help you, give you the shirt off his back, known in the community, a great individual, he's not sure about his role on the council. He doesn't seem to be that interested in learning about his role on the council. He's been very, very wishy-washy, flip-floppy on various, various important roles and important votes on the council. He's somebody that seems to be easily swayed by both sides. It's not like he's got a lot. And I'm, I'm walking a very thin line here because th this is a great explanation of what this show's about. Trying to teach people the importance of understanding the difference between personal, trying to teach people the difference between understanding between public and personal life. So am I attacking this person personally? I am not. I'm saying he's a wonderful human being. Am I attacking his record as an official? That's what I'm interested in. And as a citizen in a community that pays into the tax pool, that puts their money in with the rest of the citizens, I have a right to do that, and so do you. But what happens a lot of times is the people in these positions and their family and their friends and their supporters try to say, well, you're attacking them personally, and that's bad, and shame on you. And so they try to stop the interest in what's happening politically based on personal understandings of this person. And that can't happen. Otherwise, we could never speak out about anything. There's the last subcategory of the person that is a bad leader and is a bad person. And generally, those people just completely wash out because, you know, that's not a winning category. The other three you're able to carry yourself at least a little bit in some of them and a lot of the ways in others. But the last category of being a bad person that's not very liked behind the scenes and you're an ineffective leader, well, you'll generally wash out pretty quickly. But it's this third category that I was talking about that I'm most interested in. I'm most interested in the person that is a good person behind the scenes, a good person personally to their family, their friends, and in the community outside of their role as an elected official or a candidate. Someone that's good and decent, but in their role that they've been elected for is ineffective or no good, or they might absolutely be bad as a council member or as a mayor or as a politician as a candidate as an official whether it be prosecutor or sheriff or coroner or recorder or county clerk or city clerk or mayor or whatever all of the roles has the potential to have somebody in that office that is a decent human being but that is not a good fit for that office is not a good fit for public life and now we're left with a situation where we have to figure out a way to maneuver around this person because I'll tell you the reason that we're here the reason I'm talking to you today 
stems from the fact that I have had a battle raging in my community for the last three years. Now, we're in the last six months of this administration, and some of the people that I've been battling about, battling with, will not be here in seven months. They'll be on down the road to the private sector, to private life, and I won't have much more to say about them. Yes, there'll always be a little bit of commentary, specifically in the first few years, about their roles in leadership when they were in, because it's not like the things that you affect today are simply gone tomorrow because tomorrow's January 1st. That's not the case. You leave a lasting impact on the community, sometimes that fizzles out within a little bit of time, and sometimes that goes on for 30, 60 more years. So, you know, it's not like the commentary just completely goes away, but it's not like the everyday, hey, call this person out, because this person is then in the private sector and there are new people to comment on. But let's get back to what what I've been talking about. So you have a situation in which you have a person in the community that's a leader, that's the mayor or a city councilor or a clerk or city judge or a county council member or a commissioner or one of the other county building roles like auditor or recorder or prosecutor or whatever. And they are great people. They have wonderful personalities. They tithe on Sundays at their church. They help their local citizens out. They would stop and help you if you had a flat tire on the road. But these people are ineffective at their job. They don't know what their role is. They don't know how to effectively work on the, in the, within the system of checks and balances, stopping other elected officials from doing craziness by using their power within their role as an official. And so they make themselves essentially ineffective and, you know, they're not good in their role. So as a citizen, we'll take me, for example, how do we work on speaking out against them. Obviously, in a campaign, in an election season, it's easy to throw your support. If you've got two individuals, you've got John Doe, who's currently a sitting city council member, or John Doe, who's currently mayor, and they're good people, but they're horrible leaders, they're horrible at their job as councilmen, or they're horrible as at their job as mayor. And then you've got Robert Jones over here, who is a candidate. It's easy to throw your support behind Robert Jones, the, the candidate, and, you know, lead the charge to get the councilor or the mayor, John Doe, thrown out of office by electing Robert Jones. That's easy. But let's say the election happens and 
John Doe wins or John Doe retains his seat. And now it's January 1st, 2020, and you have four years with John Doe as mayor or John Doe as council member. Now, I always say you should do your best to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Okay, so you don't just go in to the first meeting railing against them because they beat your candidate. I know people have done that. I certainly have not done that. And I'll give you the example of November 2015. I was running for city council at large, and I got beat. And the candidate that won went on, was sworn in, and starting in January 2016, at the first meeting, I went in giving her and everybody else the benefit of the doubt. I didn't go in in the first meeting in January railing against these people. I went to the meetings like I always had. I kept notes. I asked questions. I was engaged. And I gave my updates. But I never said anything just way crazy. I, I, I gave these people the benefit of the doubt. But it was only into about the ninth month of that first year and really into the start of the second year that the train started to come off the tracks and our mayor started doing some things. And keep in mind, I had voted for our mayor. I had wanted him in office. I had campaigned for him. I had helped get him into office. And he started doing some crazy things. And the council started doing some crazy things. But their biggest sin was not reeling in the mayor a little bit. And this council member that beat me really was kind of leading the charge on some of the stuff that she was either allowing go on without questioning or she was voting on without knowing, you know, all the ins and outs and without doing her homework, in my opinion. And so I started to speak out. And that's where the trouble began because people wasn't looking at the fact that I was speaking out against this councilwoman or the council as a whole or speaking out against the mayor, they were saying, why are you speaking out against this person? They're a nice person. Instantly, it was like nails down a chalkboard for me because I thought, what does being a nice person have to do with anything? I'm not having commentary on this person tithing at their church, or I'm not having commentary on how this person interacts with their kids or grandkids. I'm not talking about this person as they sit in their book club. I'm talking about this person as they're an elected official voting and using tax dollars. And to me, it seemed like madness. But we kept moving on, and that was one of the largest issues I had to overcome. And I did. Now, there are still a very small amount of people out there that look at about, there are still a very small group of people out there that look at what I do as railing against these wonderfully nice people in the community. And they'll always feel that way because to some, speaking out against their loved one in their role 
They look at that as a personal attack. And you're probably never going to overcome those objections because people are protective over their loved ones. But for folks that are close to elected officials, first of all, you have to realize that nothing's personal. Now, if somebody is personally attacking somebody, I have a problem with that. And I don't allow that. I don't do that. And that's not part of the situation. You don't bring in wives, husbands, or children, or parents. You don't do that. You don't talk about what these people do on vacation. It's solely about how they act within their role. But for the people that are close to these officials, for the people that maybe aren't close, they're not related, they're not next-door neighbors, they're not best friends, but they worked on their campaign because they believed in their ideas... If you hear somebody speaking out against this person, before you get hot and before you post something back and get mad and get ready to slam the citizen speaking out, you need to look at what's being said. Is this person using their First Amendment freedom to speak out about an elected official due to their position on a public situation? Are they speaking out on a vote? If they are... Maybe let it ride, because that's their right. It's your right to speak out in favor of their position, but here's what's not okay. It's not okay for two people to be looking at a situation and say we have a vote, and we're going to make a completely made-up vote. So you have a city council that votes on free ice cream every Sunday, and one person loves that idea because they love this council person and they support the council person. And one citizen doesn't love it for whatever reason. It's going to cost too much tax money or or whatever. They're allergic to ice cream. And person number two says, Counselor so-and-so should have voted against this measure. They're wasting our tax dollars and not everybody likes ice cream. And person number one gets on there and says, How dare you attack Counselor so-and-so? They're a nice person. Well, I'm sorry, honey, but that's not an argument. That's not an argument for or in favor of your council member friend. And that's not an argument against person two. That's showing how little you understand of the situation. Because no one cares if this person's a nice person. When they make a vote that people speak out against, people are allowed to say what they feel about that. When you're an elected official, you put yourself in a situation where people are going to have commentary on what you do. Nobody forces you to be an elected official. Nobody forces anybody to be an elected official. And when you're an elected official, you have to understand that's the position that you put yourself in. You decided to run. You won. Now you're in this role. If you can't handle it, don't sign up, don't file to run, don't run, don't win, and don't be in that role. If you're in that role and you can't handle or your loved ones can't handle people commenting about your actions, then step down. That's that simple. It's not hard, it's not crazy, it's not it's not rude. It's what it is. It's politics, honey. So 
that's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is don't be a citizen afraid of speaking out against the actions of an official because they're nice people. Because being a nice person has zero to do with being an effective leader. You're able to have an opinion and you're able to voice that opinion. And you're able to voice that opinion as much as you like. There's not a limit on the First Amendment. You'll have people saying, well, now it's Sunday. Why are you talking about this person's business? It's, it's the seventh time you've mentioned this. Well, okay, tell the Founding Fathers that. So it's important to be able to draw the distinction between actions taken as a leader, as an elected official in the community, and what that person does in their private, off-the-seat, out-of-the-seat life. Having commentary on what an elected official does is not commentating on that official's personal life. Now, if somebody is bringing up personal aspects that has nothing to do with their position as mayor or as council member or as whatever, then that's a problem and I have a problem with that. Now, if their personal life is somehow drastically affecting the elected life, well, then that's a different scenario and that's all seen on a case-by-case -case basis. But you can be an effective leader and not necessarily be a nice person behind the scenes. You can also be the best person in the world, the nicest neighbor, the nicest friend, the nicest father or wife or husband or grandfather or whatever, and really be a shitty leader. And that is something that does happen. And as citizens, you, me, we have a right to communicate that to the greater public. And you're going to get people that talk about your ability to comment or that you shouldn't be doing that. And you cannot let that deter you. Because as soon as we are not able to speak out about our elected officials in favor or against is the moment we no longer have a First Amendment right and is the very minute that we are living in a very, very scary world locally, statewide, nationally, it's all the same. And it's important to be able to draw a line and have an understanding between private and public life. And everybody on both sides need to understand that. And I don't mean Republican and Democrat sides. I mean on both sides, people in favor and for officials in office and people against the officials in office. Because ineffective leaders, ineffective city councilmen and county commissioners and mayors are going to have followers and supporters and they're going to have people that are against them. And as we all wake up, and as you all hopefully start to get engaged, I've talked to more people in the last six months that are engaged now that have never been engaged before. I'm talking about people deciding to run for office, people deciding to go to meetings and ask questions, and I love hearing that. 
and I'm hearing those people saying that me, that this show has been a cause, and that's that's fantastic. And there are other f- factors in there, and that's great too. But the thing is, not everybody that gets involved and gets active is going to be a good leader. That's just the way it shakes out. And you're going to support people today who are going to get into office who you are going to say did a fantastic job and you're going to continue supporting them. There are going to be people that you support that get in office and just completely bombs it. And you're going to change your mind and you have a right to do that. Everybody has a right to change their mind. Everybody has a right to speak their mind on these issues and For those that are close to an official or backing an official or related to an official, you're just going to have to understand because if you don't like to hear it or the official doesn't like to hear it, maybe the official should get out of the life because nobody can have commentary. Well, I mean, they can, but it makes them look bad. I'm not going to have commentary on somebody that just works at the post office or someone that's a teacher. You know, if you're teaching my kid, yeah, then maybe. But if you're just a teacher at a different school, your name is not going to be in my mouth. But if you're the mayor of a city that I pay taxes in, you can believe you're going to hear from me, positive and negative, when that need is there. And those people should have full understanding that they're going to hear from you when the need arises, both positive and negative. Perception, perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. You've been listening to Perception is Reality. I'm your host, Christopher Bilbury. I want to say thank you for listening today. I want to apologize for being a day late, and I want to let you know that we will have a show for you a new show on Tuesday and I look forward to talking with you then as always thank you for tuning in whether you're listening on iTunes or Google Podcast or SoundCloud or iHeartRadio or wherever definitely thank you for listening on perception.fireside.fm that's perception.fireside.fm thank you for following me on facebook and for watching the videos there please please continue to share this share the links get this message out help us help you help the community let's make this a group effort it's not just a discussion where you're listening and I'm talking, I'm very much asking for feedback. I very much want to talk to you. I want to welcome any of you to the show. If you have an official or have a candidate or you have a business person or you are a business person, if you know somebody in the community that you would like to hear from, please, please get them on the show. You can email me at khbilbury at gmail.com. You can also call me at 765-546-9796. And if you're interested in being on the show, we can make that work. We will set up a time because I want to hear from you and the citizens want to hear from you. And interviews are really what's going to drive the show. I want to thank you for listening. Help spread the word. Please continue following the message. Help get this out. 
We will make government better through citizen involvement. That's the goal here. Coming up next week, we will have an interview with a young man where we're talking about foster care, so please tune into that. This has been the fifth episode of Perception is Reality. I'm Christopher Bilberry, and until next time, as always, stay safe, God bless, thank you, and have a great evening. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com. Or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception Perception is is reality. reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.